If you're a concealed carry permit holder, you're probably doing some things wrong. If you're new to concealed carry, this will make you aware of some of the things you need to pay attention to so you don't develop bad habits. If you've been carrying for years, you may not realize you're doing some of these things. In any event, we're going to cover the 10 most common mistakes I've seen. And believe me, this isn't an all-inclusive list. We'll probably be doing a couple of episodes on this, so let's get to it. Hey, Scallywags, welcome to another episode of our podcast, A Pirate Talks Guns. I'm your host, John Sello. Sit back, relax, enjoy the show. All right, number one, you're not carrying every day. The number of people who take the time and expense to obtain their carry permit and then don't carry amazes me. You've sat through a class, taken a test, shot a qualification course, obtained your permit, and your gun sits at the house. And the reasons people don't carry whenever and wherever they legally can amaze me even more. Now, the most common reason people don't carry is because it's uncomfortable. Now, I get it. Having a gun on your hip isn't comfortable. It's heavy. It digs into your side. Whatever. Suck it up. A gun isn't meant to be comfortable. It's meant to be comforting. With the proper belt and holster, once you get used to carrying a gun, you won't even notice it. The comfort factor really isn't a bar to carrying. Now, I've also had people tell me that they carry when they think they might need it. Think they might need it. If I think I might need a gun... I'm probably not going to go there. I've had to go places and do things where I definitely knew I would need a gun. And on a scale of 1 to 10, I would give this a 0. Would not recommend. And if someone can accurately predict when they will need to carry a gun, I want to take them to the Quickie Mart and buy lottery tickets. Putting your gun on should just be another part of getting dressed. You certainly never want to leave your house without it. Number 2. You're wearing the wrong clothing. Like it or not, when you carry concealed, your clothing is also a part of your kit, so choose it accordingly. Pants that allow for an inside-the-waistband holster or belt loops properly placed to position an outside-the-waistband one are what you're going to want. You're also going to want a proper gun belt, one that will support the weight of the gun and keep it properly positioned. Your shirts should be of a material that doesn't cling to your gun and spare ammunition. If it's your cover garment, for shirts, I'm a big fan of patterns. I particularly lean towards Hawaiian-style prints, as the pattern tends to break up any outline in the gun that may happen should I reach for something. That's not to say you can't conceal a gun wearing a suit and tie and something other than a shoulder holster. I'm not a particularly big guy, but I've carried a double-stack 1911 and 45 auto in a tuckable inside-the-waistband holster in suits and tuxes, and the gun was effectively hidden. Along with concealing your gun, you don't want what you wear to attract any attention to you, and especially single you out as a gun enthusiast. The next time you're out in public, pay attention to how people are dressed. Pay particular attention to anyone wearing a t-shirt with the design or words on it. Then count how many are gun-related. 
So does the guy with the silhouette of an AR-15 on the back of his shirt attract your attention? How about the Ruger Phoenix? Gun manufacturers, brand names and logos like Smith, Wesson, Colt, etc. Worse yet, what about the ones with phrases on them? We don't call 911 over the silhouette of a pistol. Forget the dog, be afraid of me. And can you imagine being involved in a use of force incident wearing something like this? This would be your mugshot photo. This would be pointed out to the jury at your trials, both criminal and civil. And is this how you want to come across? Now, we all own t-shirts that have something to do with guns on them. I know I have a closet full of them. But the only place I wear them is to the range. If I have to make a stop between the range and home, I have something to wear over or instead of them. The object is not to make yourself stand out in public. You want to be the gray man. I know the only thing I want people to remember about me is my awesome goatee. So I'll leave the kill them all and let God sort them out t-shirt for range sessions. You're also not going to be making any fashion statements if you're going to effectively carry concealed. Sorry guys, but the skinny jeans and medium shirts that make you hit at the club just aren't going to cut it when it comes to carrying a gun. I don't own a pair of pants that fit me without an inside the waistband holster attached. And while getting pants a size or two too big doesn't attractively display my derriere, and yes, it's as awesome as my goatee, they do the job of hiding the gun, which is why I got them. Number three, you keep adjusting your pants. Remember the pant size and proper gun belt we just talked about? Yeah, if you're constantly having to adjust your pants and slide your gun back where it needs to be, you're going to attract attention to yourself. When I was in law enforcement, this was one of the fastest ways for me to determine if someone had a gun on them. You know, of course, criminals weren't real big on holsters and usually just jammed the gun in their waistband, but the grab-and-shift move always caught my eye. So don't do it. Get pants that fit and a gun belt that does its job. Number four, you keep checking on the gun. This is always the tell of a new concealed carrier. They constantly reach down and touch their gun to make sure it's still there. Trust me, if a couple of pounds of metal or plastic decides to part company with you, you're going to notice. The only time you should touch your gun in public is to draw it, which brings us nicely to our next point. Number five, you're not practicing drawing from concealment. When you go to the range, if you even use a holster, it's an outside the waistband one with no cover garment. This is not how you carry concealed, is it? The military has a phrase, train how you fight. Granted, they don't follow this, but the sentiment behind it makes sense. When you go to the range to train, train as you would fight. And as a concealed carrier, the first thing you have to do in a fight is get your gun involved. This means, you guessed it, drawing from concealment. Clearing your cover garment and drawing your gun needs to be muscle memory. It needs to be something you can do without looking, because you need to keep your eyeballs focused on the threat. And it takes some practice. So train to draw from concealment. Invest in a shot timer and practice drawing and firing one shot at your target. Keep track of the times 
and you'll see significant improvement in a short period of time. When you get around to a second and a half from the beep to the shot, you're getting close. Let's take a quick break here while I tell you about Locklore Photo. We'll be back shortly. Hey Anderson area, are you a realtor wanting to showcase your properties with video? Having a wedding or other special event you need photos of? Need a voiceover for commercials or your office phone system? If you're in the Anderson area, look no further than the Lock Lore Production Group. This full-service audio and video production company has the tools and experience that will give you the product you need. Be it still photography, video, or drone photography or video, you'll be amazed at the results they provide. Again, that's the Lock Lore Production Group. Contact details are in the show notes. Give them a call today at 864-245-1956. Number six, you're not training with your concealed carry gun. Now, when you do train, train with the gun you actually use as your everyday carry. Yeah, yeah, you can certainly shoot that Glock 34 with the 5-inch barrel very well. But your carry gun is a Glock 43 with a 3.5-inch barrel. And I'm willing to bet you're not as fast and accurate with that as you are with the 34. So while you'll definitely get that nice dopamine hit from shooting tight, down-zero groups at the 34, it's not going to prepare you for when the balloon goes up and you have to employ that 43 for realsies. The gun is going to move differently in your hand than that big 34. Your sight alignment is going to be more critical due to going from a 7-inch sight radius to a 5-inch one. And yeah, that couple inches makes a big difference. These are adjustments you don't have time to make when you're, you know, fighting for your life. So train with what you carry. Number seven, you're not doing enough dry fire practice. Uh, are you even doing dry fire practice? This is by far the most productive, cost-effective training you can do. You're not burning gas going to and from the range. You're not burning up ammo. You can spend 15 minutes a day, five days a week, and get over an hour's worth of cost-free training a week. This is an excellent way to hone your sight alignment and trigger press. With the addition of a laser trainer, you can see where your shots would have landed, see your times, and track your progress. It also makes it more of a game so it holds your concentration better. I use the Strike Man system myself, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Number eight, you're only training for marksmanship. You're going to the range, not drawn from a holster, standing flat-footed and shooting groups. And that's it. And while this is fine, and one range session should be devoted strictly to the fundamentals of marksmanship, you need to train for the time you may have to employ your weapon in a defensive situation. Now, a real gunfight is a chaotic mess, very far removed from a pleasant day at the range shooting groups. Your opponent may be moving. There may be more than one bad guy. There may be bystanders or obstructions. And all you've practiced is shooting groups while stationary. No moving and shooting, no using cover, a target wide open, no shooting from retention. You don't practice reloading, malfunction drills, shooting one-handed anything that you may actually have to employ in the real world. If you're carrying concealed, you need to be prepared for the day you have to stand between evil and innocence. Uh, 
Train for real life scenarios. It's not hard and just takes a little imagination on your part. Read about actual shootings that have taken place and recreate them on the range. One of the best things you can do for yourself is join IDPA. That's the International Defensive Pistol Association. Find a range that conducts IDPA matches and shoot in them. The stages you will shoot are scenarios you may encounter in real life. Many are taken straight from the news. You'll learn to move and shoot, reload under pressure, shoot moving targets, and a host of other skills you'll find you need to work on. Another thing you can do if you go to the range with a partner is load each other's magazines. Put the random dummy cartridge or fired case in the stack so you can practice clearing malfunctions. Being able to react to a problem and get your gun back in the fight quickly may save your life someday. Number nine, you're not carrying extra ammunition. Now, we've all heard the rule of threes. You know, the average gunfight takes place at three yards, you fire three shots, and it's over in three seconds. It's a crock if nobody has told you that yet. So armed with this knowledge, you're probably carrying just what your gun holds, right? Let me tell you a few things wrong with this. National average of three, three, and three are wrong. Look at accounts of recent shootings and pay attention to the amount of shots fired and distances involved. Also, if you want to go by averages, the odds of you being in a gunfight, depending on where you live, are pretty low. So if you are in a gunfight, the averages are already horribly against you. And I know you're saying, John, I don't worry about that. I've got 12, 15, 17, however many rounds in my gun. I'm good to hook, bro. But you're really not. I either carry a double stack 9mm or a double stack 45. I also carry two spare magazines on me. So with 16 in the gun and two 15 round magazines, I have 46 rounds of leave me to hell alone to bring to a fight. I've been in gunfights and have learned that the only time you have too much ammo is when you're on fire. See, you never know how many opponents you may face, how many rounds your opponent may take before they are no longer a threat, or let's face it, how many times you may miss. So that reload or two can be a wonderful thing. Especially if you carry a semi-automatic pistol, you need spare magazines. The first point of failure in a semi is the magazine. If the one in your gun suddenly decides it doesn't want to play nice anymore, wouldn't it be grand to have another one you could replace it with and get back in the fight? You revolver guys especially carry extra ammo. You can get speed strips that sit unobtrusively in your pocket and give you the ability, with practice, to reload your revolver almost as fast as using speed loaders. And face it, bringing five or six rounds to a gunfight may or may not cut it. Number 10. You're not getting additional training. I'm not saying this just because I'm an instructor. I teach the South Carolina Concealed Carry course, and I'll straight up tell you, all it does is prepare you to pass the written test and the range qualification. And while I teach a lot more than what the state requires, it doesn't prepare you for a gunfight. In class, I'm big on situational awareness and trying to keep you out of a fight. But for time constraints and to be competitive, 
With other instructors, I simply don't have the time in an eight-hour class to teach people how to be gunfighters. And if all you've had in the way of training is what is necessary to qualify for your state's permit, you're really not ready either. You need to get training from a qualified instructor so you can develop and hone the skills that may be required of you in the real world. You're not going to get this from watching YouTube videos or taking online courses. You need to have an instructor there to stop you from doing things wrong. One of the biggest challenges I have with students is correcting bad habits they have made muscle memory because they were self-taught or had someone inexperienced teach them. Save yourself time and money and have someone teach you the right way the first time. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this episode. And after talking through it, I'm definitely going to have to do two or three more on the subject. Take a hard, honest look at yourself and see if you're doing any of these things. If you are, take corrective action now. Now, hopefully you've learned something from this. If you have suggestions on this topic or anyone you'd like to hear about, please, by all means, let me know. Put it in the comments section if the app you use has that feature. Send me an email or text. Use a carrier pigeon or smoke signal, whatever it takes. I'm actually very responsive to comments and extremely appreciative of anything that would help me make this podcast better and offer more value to the shooting community. We've got the first six South Carolina concealed carry classes for 2023 scheduled. You can view the class calendar at our website and register for classes at shootingclasses.com. I've put links to both in the show notes. And as always... If you enjoyed this podcast, consider letting one of your like-minded friends know about it. We're listed in all the major podcast directories, or you can listen in at our website. Until next time, shoot safe, be safe, and have a great week.